1: You've got a dead body, Inspector. I may be able to help with that. This winter, all your favourite detectives are streaming on BritBox. Don't miss exclusive new seasons of Death in Paradise. There must be something we've missed. Vera. It wasn't an accident, was it love? Father Brown. What did he look like? And more. Once you start investigating, you won't want to stop. We're done when I say we're done. Stream your favourite detectives only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com you've reached the murder between friends podcast with Sherilyn dale and gavin fish please stay on the line this week's episode starts in three two one
0: take three action
1: (laughs) take three we've had we've had technology gremlins today
0: I love that you said Gremlins. I died when I when I read that because yeah, it is. <laughs> it it's been
1: a day. It is. What
0: time now. is it right now? So it's three. We tried to do this three hours ago, noon my time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've yeah, made three versions. House. And just just killed it twenty minutes in, and then uh, then it just got better from there, didn't it?
0: i like that outtake though (laughs) just got better from there all i'm praying is that some of the footage was salvageable just to laugh about it at the end and hopefully we'll be able to show everybody
1: yeah well you know we're not in the same room we're far away from each other i think two time zones away from each other i'm in the eastern time zone you're in mountain right yes yeah so
0: so it's it's fun it's fun yeah, it is. We'll get there.
1: We'll get there. This I like is your set. Two. I like your lamps. Thank you. I like your little. Aren't they fun? Your little. uh, What are they like? Bobbleheads or what are they? They're, they're cute. My
0: little. They're they're called Funko Pops.
1: A Funko Pop. I'm so old, Sherilyn.
0: I don't know. They like so I've really done a taboo here because I took them out of the boxes. Like I think you're supposed to keep them in the boxes and and they're collector items and I take them out and play with them and set them up and stuff. So
1: That's a better way to live anyway.
0: You can get anything. You can get anything Funko Popped. Like any anything that you love. If there's a show you love, if there's some if there's anything you like out there, if there's a Funko Pop for it.
1: Really? Yeah. Can I get my kids Funko popped? Could I like do something? Oh, that...
0: I'm sure you could. Oh. And if they don't offer that, like they're really missing out. I never even thought about that. You're so sweet.
1: Oh. Just well, wanting little Funko fun.
0: pop kids.
1: That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. To have a little, uh, little like action figure giant headed children. Yeah, our yeah, kid... yeah. Our kids crack me up.
0: I'll, you know... I'll look into it for. I'll look into it.
1: We've got a little boy, our youngest son. We have two boys, and um, he's a little special. Like he's just really, really sweet, but just kind of wonder what's going on in there sometimes, you know. He, he's fine. He just he's just <laughs> a little a little bit. And I was telling my big sister about that, and she goes, "Yeah, I told mom and dad that same thing about you." <laughs> <laughs> So
0: Oh, well, then that's great because he's in great company then. Hopefully
1: he'll turn out okay. I, I you know, remains to be seen. Little mini G
0: money. Out.
1: Little, little mini G money. That's funny. Oh, I what have you been G up to money. this week since we last, we last spoke with Collier and Tara? That was, that was a wh- ways back. What have you been doing?
0: Okay. Well, because of that call, um, I've been spending money upgrading my equipment be- <laughs> because i felt really insecure about everything collier so i'm really make glad make that i sound did he <laughs> no he didn't i messaged tara on like when she was like thanks for having us i was like well thanks for coming on and hopefully you'll come again tell collier i changed everything
1: <laughs> that is so funny yeah so new camera, yeah that was great new mic new interface new new, camera, new, new mic new
0: earphones. Like yeah. we are just killing it out here. I do have to get a little bit more better set up now. We're having wire issues and all that stuff. But anyways, I think at least I sound better. And like you were saying um, on the first attempt at this, my voice sounds better oh, yeah. to a male audience, which is nice.
1: Yes. Yeah, the, the mic effect, the proximity effect, being close to a dynamic mic like that, that, that sounds way, way better. Very good. I'm I, I hope you use it on your YouTube <laughs> Very channel good.
0: too. Yeah, I'm going to. I really love the sound of it and I've hunted it down. Um, and this is, I'm always like, what is that sound? And this is the mic that's producing that sound that I like. So I guess I've got like the dude ear that you're saying.
1: Yeah, nice you have. can hear it. You can hear it for sure. Yeah. That's pretty for sure. Cool. I'm so
0: excited. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. It's not as exciting as what you've been up to, which is what I really want everybody to know about.
1: It's been a busy week, but I feel like in take yeah. one, I talked too much about kind of the setup. So uh, I don't see. Know I disagree, I should...
0: but we are we are gonna go how you want to do it. But I disagreed. Okay. I liked the setup.
1: Well, I'll tell you the story. Okay, okay. I, unlike many a successful YouTuber. In my current present company, I'm not a full time YouTuber. I have to work. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I got my, a real job.
1: I yeah, it, well, it's a good job. I I like my job. I've never uh, I've never had a job like this before. But I work for yeah. a publication here in Western Pennsylvania. That's like in it's called EYT Media. We have we publish stories. I like write stories on any like all sorts of things like. Fire at a house or a um, you know a community meeting or whatever, but one of the things oh even
0: they... community meetings that's adorable
1: yeah I was at I was at the commission meeting just a couple days ago I wrote a wrote an article about what happened at our Venango County Commission so yeah it, and it's a blast and Sherilyn we moved from Northern California from a pretty big place to a small place on purpose like we wanted. We wanted small town, so I'm loving it.
0: That small town feel. Yeah. Okay, good.
1: So one of the things that they brought up when I first got hired is they wanted me to look into a case. They knew that I have a true crime YouTube channel. And he, uh, Jake, my editor, had seen an article on NBC.com. It was a Dateline article about, like, I think it was the 30th anniversary of the discovery of remains in Clarion County, Pennsylvania. And he wanted me to look into that. And so I, I did, I started reaching out. This is what happened. Okay. 1990 <laughs> four children are out playing. This is the country they're they're out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, they're out playing. The article says they're berry picking and they may have had, they may have been doing that too, but they're just kind of out being kids and they came across a human body, like a dead human body laying face down imagine. in the creek. These kids, the youngest was seven. The oldest was 12. Oh, you imagine that?
0: No, the, it's, that's,
1: yeah. I mean, that would be, I mean, we've all seen Stand By Me, right? Or Read The Body, Stephen King. Like that is a... yes. That's a experience that you won't forget, right? Yeah. Anyway, the Dateline article was about the seven-year-old girl who now, you know, 32 years later is 39 years old. It happened the day before her eighth birthday. So every time her birthday would come around, she would, oh, she'd she'd think about gosh. finding and the remains were decomposed. Like they'd been there for a month or two. And it was along, like, a road that people would travel. I've asked myself this, like, a whole bunch of times. Why didn't anybody, like, notice the smell? I mean, she was kind of, she was hidden. But then I thought, you know, out here, dead deer are all over the place. Maybe. Oh. Maybe just. Okay. People smelled decomposition or just, like, another dead animal. It's out in the middle of. Right. Country, right? So. Right. Right anyway okay i don't want to make this story super long but this is what happened i started reaching out to this woman uh we're connected through facebook and stuff we weren't friends on facebook but we had friends of friends and stuff so i was reaching out to her and uh i was a little impatient and so i looked at the picture on the dateline article and i could see a culvert going underneath, like a tunnel going underneath railroad tracks and above it were high voltage power lines. And so I drove out to the general area and started following power lines all over the place (laughs) till I found it. I found the spot. And like, as soon as I found the spot, I got like a ding on my phone and it was Facebook and it was Angie saying, you know, responding to my request. So I didn't, I didn't need to do that, but that's how I found the spot. I'll
0: take you there.
1: It's so it funny. makes me
0: wonder, like when you were told no as a child, did you accept that easily?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I was never told no as a child <laughs>
0: that, well, that's that, awesome then, okay, that's cute memories, and look how you turned out. People say I spoil question. my kids, but.
1: That no, no, no. Like, well, just... you're just so,
0: you know, you do you, you are like when you are like a dog with a bone, when you are on to something, you're like, I'm not waiting for you. Like, I'm going to go out and find these power lines.
1: I don't know that it's a personality. I, I don't think it's a good personality trait most of the time, but when you're talking about <laughs> investigating things, yeah, I like to, yeah. I like to jump in. I definitely do. In fact, I love it. One of the criticisms that I get on my channel is that I don't do enough videos because like
0: what do you like you, that? You don't make enough content.
1: I don't make enough content and it's not regular content. Like you've told me,
0: you know what? I agree, but I'm selfish. <laughs> like I'm like, let's, let's go weekly episode, well, you've Gavin, told me but you go so
1: deep, but yeah, yes. I can't.
0: It's hard though. Cause you've got so much going on in the back. And, and and this is ex- this is prime example you're out there finding power lines you're driving hours outside of your you know your your city or yeah. town
1: well how do you how do you, you can't... get content every week that is so hard
0: yeah I, i'm finding well before it's because i used to do different types of content so i a lot of it, I didn't, uh, it was cases that had kind of already been out there. So I would read a book or, or uh, you know, research everything that I could that was online. If there was court documents, I'd go through all of those, right, and then write my story through that. But now what I'm doing is I'm finding that I'm connecting way more with survivors or surviving family members of a victim. So I get to just talk to them and they get to tell me their story and they're pretty much doing my job for me and allowing me to use my platform to help them. So it's changed. And um, I don't know. I find like it's getting easier. But you work so much with, you know, trying to, un, you know, like find the mystery, you know, and yeah. that takes time. So now,
1: I remember it, that's not
0: a weekly content thing.
1: It's hard. I, I want to be able to put more content out uh, more quickly. But, um, but when you like dig deep into something, sometimes it takes five or six weeks before you, before I even feel like, okay, I've got, I've got enough here that I can go after it. (laughs) You know, the first time
0: and have at least like a part one or whatever.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I get criticized about is that I will have a part one on one story and then a part one on another story and then a part one on another story. And before I come back to part two on another <laughs> on the first story. Right. And, and I think that's <laughs> Yeah, but you criticism. got so much on the go. Yeah.
0: It's fair, but I also think it's cool because I don't really think anybody out there is doing it.
1: Well, I've got to find a way to be better, but anyway, okay, getting back to the story. So this is what happened. Okay. <laughs> okay. I meet Angie out there who was the little girl and uh she told me the whole story. Oh, what what happened was the police the police had no leads to go on. She was so badly decomposed that they never knew. They still to this day have no idea who this person is. And so I think the first place I went, I went to the like the old library in Clarion PA. Went it was in a basement. It was literally in a basement full of books of newspapers and like microfilm and stuff like that. Is that like
0: this the photo you sent me?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was I was down like in a dungeon going through micro microfilm mm-hmm. and I only found a couple stories, so yeah. that didn't help me any. Then I reached out to the to the coroner to see if he had the autopsy report. Because in Pennsylvania, he they hardly ever do give out those things on an open case, but they can if they want. And I thought, small town, maybe he'd be willing to give it to me. He looked for it, couldn't find it. Right, but he but he gave me a lead. He told me that he when he was in coroner's school, when you get elected coroner, you have to you have to go to a, like a school, and. Uh, one of the professors at his school was a professor of forensic anthropology at uh, Mercyhurst University. And he seemed to remember the, that that forensic, forensics anthropologist had done an examination on those very bones. And so he said, why don't you reach out to him and see? And it turned out that he had, when he was at Pittsburgh, uh, University of Pittsburgh back in the 90s, he had done an examination on those bones to try to figure out any clue that he possibly could figure out to see if they could identify. And, Sherilyn, they did the coolest stuff. I mean, it's a little macabre, but they did the coolest stuff. They, like, um, after the autopsy, which was brief, I still don't have a copy of it, by the way. They're, everybody's trying to find it for me. Oh. but um,
0: Okay, it's just missing.
1: It's just missing. And in the state of Pennsylvania in the 90s, there wasn't a standardized like corners had to file filing
0: system. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. So it just it just is elsewhere. Nobody knows where it is. So but anyway, uh, after the autopsy, they handed the body over to this professor. He then went through the process of getting rid of all the flesh and soft tissues like all the all the everything the tendons the skin the hair the everything right
0: Mm -hmm. and they do it
1: they do it by they put her into like a container with flesh-eating beetles and the the beetles took care of all
0: that (laughs) oh no it's just like it's yeah
1: yeah and he sent me the report when i talked to him he sent me the report so he detailed the whole thing it's like a month in this thing of beetles or two months in this thing of beetles and then it goes into oh my like a vat of chemicals that that degrease and at that point
0: i never knew this stuff it's like it's yeah i, ne- I never knew this stuff and now i'm not ever gonna stop thinking about it,
1: it it's actually pretty where cool, do they though. find
0: the beetles it is cool where do they find the beetles
1: they must cultivate them right they must farm them okay somehow. i don't know right but they have them in the forensics anthropology lab at Pitt at the time. Just put her in with the Beatles, I guess. You know. Oh my uh, goodness. Anyway, so I reach out to this guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I think I still am curating those bones." What? Like wow. Like she hasn't been, she hasn't been identified, so they can't inter her. Right? That they like. It, okay. She's evidence. But the coroner okay. Yes. Okay. doesn't have like an evidence locker. The whatever the medical examiner wouldn't have either. The police wouldn't keep bones. And so he has kept her literally in a cardboard box since
0: 1990.
1: Oh and, my gosh. And he goes Uh, so he sent me his report and he goes, yeah, I've, I've got her. One of my grad students found her. You want to, you want to check her out? I went, yeah. So I full on went up there and he had her laid out on a, like on a long classroom table from her skull down to her feet. And you could see like, it's on the right side of her head. She was a murder victim. She was uh, killed by blunt force trauma. They've never figured out who she is. And
0: you saw it.
1: I handled it. I held her. Yeah, held her skull and oh her bones. And,
0: and, and saw everything. the fracture in her skull. Yeah. Oh yeah. my
1: gosh. I've been around in my office. Like I have a fragment of her femur here. Hang on a second.
0: Okay. Just ha- have a fragment of the femur.
1: Gremlins.
0: More gremlin activity. I know,
1: man. Long story, not any shorter. So I'm (laughs) up there with Dr. Dirk Mott. We're handling these bones. Look at this.
0: That's just crazy. Yeah. That you have this. That you got your hands on this.
1: Yeah. So I asked, have they done DNA? And he goes, yeah. Back in 91, they, they uploaded her to CODIS. And then again in 2012, but I I um I learned a little bit about Codis. Like Codis is some is a term that we just kind of throw around in true crime, right? Everybody are is it uploaded to Codis? Yep. Right. But Codis has problems. <laughs> I don't know if you're right. familiar with the way it is, but like um. CODIS is a DNA database. It's uh, managed by the FBI. I actually think it's at a university, but it's over, the oversight is done by the FBI. And it is a database of DNA that is like one-to-one matching. So if you upload to CODIS, if somebody else has uploaded DNA from that same person, and it matches, then we know that this unidentified person matches to this identified person. And it's it's a good Right, system. but it has to be
0: that person's DNA, Correct. right? Like it couldn't be the family. Correct. A family yeah. member. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I think the idea was, okay, so we're collecting this DNA. Let's see if anybody who's been convicted of a crime before might match to other crimes. And I think that's... Right. Like that was a good, that was a good start in the DNA game, but with missing persons people that mean what would have to happen is your loved one would have to go missing. You would, uh, report it to the authorities and then they would have to say, well, do you have a DNA sample of your son or daughter wife, husband, girlfriend, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And you'd say, sure, here's their toothbrush or their comb or whatever and then they would extract the dna from that sample test it for it's a specific dna test called i think it's called single tandem repeats or simple tandem repeats i can't remember single tandem repeats is what comes to mind um and then they really they only take like 13 to 20 spots in your entire genome get the value and upload it and then so so if if i had a daughter that went missing i gave my toothbrush to the authorities they could do that and then if like i don't i don't want to think about things like this but then if something happened to her and there was an unidentified body somewhere they could match him up that's how that works
0: right um okay
1: so it's like a, it's like finding a needle in a haystack it's it's good to do but it's not the best way so anyway i asked dr rickmott right. if if uh, we could do genetic genealogy it's a different kind of test so in those kinds yes, of tests my aunt
0: is in getting into this
1: really she might be able to help me yes because
0: i i think she could have that when you sent me the thing she was immediately who came to mind this is so what she's
1: she does that wanting type to of do she's pretty
0: good at it she does. Yes. So, so I don't know where she is in terms of like the DNA aspect of it. I know that she was like trying to like she's learning it now, but she um like she's just a genealogy genius. She can mm-hmm. find everybody's full like list of their family members from who knows where. That's um, cool. So then now she's wanting to get into like the forensic side of it
1: so yeah i might want to talk to your aunt about that uh okay because this is what happens when i when i asked dr dirkma if i could have a sample of the dna he goes no (laughs) you are a civilian (laughs) there are protocols right the coroner, the coroner can though so i called over to the coroner. i said hey can you can you um, request a sample of her bones and we'll do, we'll do DNA? He goes, yeah. So he goes and he, get, he makes the request and he gets this sample, right? And then because we live in a small town, I went over and I picked it up from him because wow. <laughs> I have several friends that are geneticists. And they work at different universities and different labs around the area. So I started making calls asking if I could use their expertise. Because I don't know what what I'm doing, right? I have no idea. How does one extract DNA? (laughs) I don't even really have a grasp of understanding what DNA is. I just know that it's there.
0: No. Right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: So an unnamed friend invited me to their lab where we then took the bone. I'm going to hold this up here. Do you see all those holes in it? Yes. Yeah. So we took a drill and drilled all those holes to make bone dust. Polarized it up. And then we started the process of extracting DNA from that bone dust. And guess what? what? There is DNA in that bone dust. We got it. There is. Yeah. Yeah, we got it.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. And it was like. And was how long did that mark.
0: process take? Yeah. How long does that process uh, take to so from f- find time, out?
1: So they had me do the work. Right. I was, I was like, I yeah. had a drill, bzz, you know, and putting in the little test <laughs> yeah. tubes. And then they have a couple of chemicals that go in there. One of them is like a primer is what they called it. The other one is some sort of ends. Enzo- I don't know. I have no idea. But um, once we got them into these little tubes, we put them in a heating block. And the heat is what activates whatever chemicals we went in there that extracts the DNA. It's a really cool process. But that whole, it was on the heating okay. block for 48 hours.
0: Oh, and, okay.
1: Yeah. Sure. This is the coolest thing. And like... They then have, after 48 <laughs> hours, they have this solution full of, like, bone dust, right? Okay, So they, yeah. they literally pour it through this sieve that is chemically treated to let all the stuff go through except DNA. DNA sticks to the sieve. Everything else goes through. And then okay. you take that sieve and you put it into another chemical which releases it from that sieve into another solution oh my
0: god like if science class was like this i would have done a lot better than i did
1: it was so cool it was the coolest thing yeah but but then they have to amplify it okay which there's just so much you know how (laughs) do you ever hear like police officers or experts on shows say um you know dna technology has changed so much over time maybe we can do something now that we couldn't do before. You ever heard that kind of stuff?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's bull crap. There's very little that has changed. <laughs> very little. Okay. Like I, I was asking my friend and they said, the process of amplifying DNA has not changed since
0: 1985.
1: Oh my gosh. Like,
0: so what? It's just like the, 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 databases have changed then. So it's the understanding or of, nothing. And they just want to sound fancy.
1: Once you extract the DNA and amplify the DNA, which means you're making copies of it. Um, yeah. once you get to past that point, then there have been a lot of changes. Um, okay. Because it's actually pretty complex the way that they read the DNA. Like I was I was talking to my buddy about how they amplify. Amplification is the word they use. It it just means copying the DNA. So how does that even work, right? How do you copy DNA? And they literally do it the same way the body does. They just, like, they take the DNA strand, that helical strand, and they heat it up to 90 degrees C, and that splits the two strands apart. Like, it breaks the bonds that make those strands stick together.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Then yeah, they, yeah. Then they put an enzyme in the solution. I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, um, it then like reads each side of that DNA and copies the other side that would match and sticks it back together. Now you have two pieces. Okay. And then they, they do that cycle over and over and over and over and over again until you have millions of copies. Wow. And they've been able to do that since 1985 wild yeah so cool so anyway it is cool now we're in the process of what's called chipping where the dna strands that we've amplified have to be cut up into like little pieces and then then there's like this a chip they call it a chip but it's like a micro uh, what you, Like a microscope slide. Like, you know how Dexter put his blood between the two slides, those glass pieces? I do if you ever watched Dexter. They're like that. Yeah. But okay. microscopically, they've got like a million little holes in them. Each hole filled okay. with a certain compound that sticks to a certain segment of the DNA and it sucks it in and bonds to it. And then, then they like diet. And uh, so all that stuff is, is new. And that's the process that we're going through now. But the, like, we literally okay. have a good chance. Have you gotten there yet? No, that's going to take a couple weeks. Okay. But it's happening. Okay. It's in the process. It's going.
0: How cool is that though? Like you are, you could be weeks, you know, a couple months away from, figuring this out solving this
1: like i think we have a 50 50 shot I, of solving the mystery maybe better
0: 100 percent. yeah i think better because they because penny Doe's got you on her side
1: I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a dog with a bone right i'm not gonna let it go
0: yep <laughs> you're not gonna let it go no yeah.
1: so that's uh i'm that's what so excited
0: so th- that is so cool, and so uh we have to wait a couple of weeks, so then we'll check in with that and then what's on the agenda this week? I know it's hectic for you, right?
1: yeah, I've got a couple things going um i've got a got a case that nobody knows or cares about right now. Um, let me show oh. this to you. you see this Yes I went, I went up to countersport p a to meet with a family and uh their son was murdered 17 years ago and it's mm-hmm. a very, well, it's not similar to Penny Doe, but it's similar in that he was missing for a long time. His body was badly decomposed when they found it. So they haven't been okay. able to solve the the mystery of who killed him, but it's a small oh, okay. town that they're from. Oh, well, it's a small town he was living in. It, it didn't happen in Countersport, but it's a small town he was living in and, um, and I think like I'm starting to get leads. I've, I've gone through all of the documentation. I've, uh, organized it the way I usually organize everything. And then, uh, I wrote an article in my publication and asking for leads and they're coming in like, it's a small town. Wow. People, people like gossip, right? So I'm, I'm getting those leads yes. Been talking with Pennsylvania state police and stuff to, to give them that stuff. And yeah, it's just a lot going on.
0: <sighs> that is so cool, though. It makes everything that I do feel not no, as cool.
1: No, your stuff's cool. <laughs> your stuff's cool. I think I think the I've, whole letting people tell their story, like having them send in their story to you and you sharing that on your channel is yeah. very cool. Very few people have a voice. Yes.
0: yes, and that's what I'm finding. So I'm excited about that series that it's doing quite well i mean like for being something new like we were talking about people don't always love to jump on new things right like um so when you test something out and it sticks on youtube it's actually really it feels really good and i love that it's that other people are supporting you know members of 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 the sippendales you know like of, of of everybody sending in their stuff and they're able to i don't know feel heard and then when i read a story i sometimes get an email back being like hearing you know writing it out was therapeutic and very healing but hearing it and then seeing the response and and just having that validated um was like they they just didn't even know that they could get that type of healing you know and and comfort from strangers who love them and believe them and support them. So, I don't know, it feels really good. It's just hard to do. And I've I've I wish I could read more of them, but I have to limit it to I t- I take one day to put as many stories as I can together. I try to like get like four or five scripts done, but by the end of that day, I'm very uh sensitive i guess
1: <laughs> yeah you get drained it's tough no that's yeah. something that
0: and you're emotional and it's tough
1: i hope it's something that we don't lose though because it could be really easy no to just get desensitized to what are really just really horrific things that have happened to all sorts of different people right. from all sorts of different backgrounds and if if you lose
0: exactly that, Oh, well, then, uh, yeah, I guess we got I don't either. I don't either. And um, and it's hard to do that when you're actually speaking to these, you know, like or or you're getting somebody's firsthand uh, account of what happened to them. You know, that's it's so different than just hearing somebody else tell somebody else's story from Dateline, you know, like where we we were never there. We didn't we weren't in the room. We didn't get to be a part of that interview. But I I think it's I don't know, and then that heightens also when we do things like go out and meet the Elmquests, you know, and stay in their home and
1: Man, that was an experience, um, wasn't it? That was awesome. I can't wait
0: to go back. Yeah, it really was.
1: we should describe how that went. That was that was that was a fun weekend. Like my wife got a big kick out of it because while we were there, I stayed out in the camper. And yes, I don't camp like I, I do not camp. And so she was kind of <laughs> making fun of me. Right. But that was the nicest camper <laughs> ever. It was nice, man. Oh, yeah. The, the oh, yeah. And Scott, 50%. that's
0: Scott's baby. I mean, if you're staying in the camper, you're someone special.
1: <laughs> that was really cool. I we I mean, we've shared, I think, a little bit on each of our channels what that was. But I mean... That was something that was really special. They invited us to come out to their home and meet with them in person and go around and see the different uh, the different places that are meaningful to their family and to David and that whole case.
0: Right. Right. Oh, yeah, it was it was. Yeah, it's really indescribable. And um, I know that you felt the same way, too, but it was like you got there prior to me, you got there a couple hours before. So you got to spend time with them a little bit before I got the off. So um, I don't know what that initial meet was for you. But for me, it was like when you guys picked us up at the airport, I like ran over, gave you a hug, gave Scott a hug. It was like I had already known you all my whole life. It was not hard (laughs) to get along and just click. Yeah, all of us.
1: We uh, Scott and I before you got there. I think I was just there like an hour or two before you. We went and grabbed yep. lunch at a place that he worked at as a teenager. It was it was kind of oh fun. Oh my to, gosh, like,
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, we went to like a Chinese restaurant that he he knew the it was it had become a chain throughout the Midwest, but the first right. store he remembered the founder loved her, worked for her from he was like 16 years old it was really cool so oh
0: my gosh that
1: was fun to have i love that like, kind of get to know him like sitting in one of the it was like sitting in a i don't know like a panda express or something It was like a chain little chinese right.
0: place but okay it was yeah. the first
1: one and it was the one that he worked at and it was it was pretty cool
0: i can and just then, picture it
1: yeah we went to the apartment complex that uh yeah
0: you went before me
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But we didn't, we didn't go in. We, we, we waited on that, but there was this moment in the car where Scott was like, I think we were driving from the apartment complex to the, to Athelbus, the Bible college campus. And he was talking about how, like we were on this road and he goes, you know, my very first date with my wife. We were driving on this road and he told me this whole story of his first date with his wife. And then he goes, little did I know that 30 years later, within a mile of where I first met my wife, my son would be dead, engulfed in flames.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, it was just yeah,
0: that that's rough
1: it was a moment yeah
0: man. when you told me that that was really really rough and it's those moments that i mean it's those moments exactly that keep us from getting desensitized how do you you know how yeah well i think when you're I out think there learning these things
1: i think people do they it's, do yeah we've got to be careful about yeah. that I, I i sometimes like the cases that um that speak to me are more the ones that nobody really uh no it's not that they don't know about it's that they're not they're not popular I guess I think with the exception like I covered Gabby Petito a lot um I felt like that was important to do at the time looking back on it I don't think that I really contributed I think I was more of a succubus on that whole thing more than a contributor like I I've I've had to I don't try to be a little better I don't
0: agree I do think yeah, I think we've had this conversation. I've I do definitely think that that the Gabby Petito t- I don't know. It was it was odd for me. That was a turning point for me where it was something that I did not want to cover because we didn't know. But there are people who were able to do that ethically and I do feel like you were one of them i don't think that you were out there just hurling accusations and you know you had very valid questions uh, points to point out but there were people in the community that did not
1: well i did a couple things where i i spread information that was already disproven you know i was like ah but that well what i learned from that is that i just don't want to do that anymore because I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be putting stuff out there yes. that's going to lead people in the wrong direction. And right, I got a man, I'm having a hard time with names right now. What was the name of the girl who disappeared recently from the Lake Tahoe area? And her body was found in the river. Ooh. Um,
0: uh, Ke- Kelly. Ke- K-
1: Kylie. Oh my God. I'm also going. It was Kylie. Kylie. Yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so I okay. didn't get into the case, but I I got several of those really angry messages, comments and emails because I wasn't covering it, but I didn't want to be Oh. I I didn't want to make the same mistakes that I had made on Gabby Petito and didn't feel like That's I could contribute. Surprising. Like I, I didn't feel like I'm not on the ground. Like if I lived back in California right. where I grew up, That was an hour away from my house. So I could have gone out. I could have searched. I could have helped. but
0: It would have been different. Yeah, you could have had that type of content where you're like, okay, we're out. We're out here right now. (laughs) Well, apologies, everybody who's watching that my quality has probably just shit the bed for you. But this is uh, (laughs) what we're left with right now. We will get better. Um, I will get better equipped next time. I really would like to know what... I want to know why, like, why (laughs) I didn't get any of those angry emails about not covering it. So was it because a lot of those people who had come to your channel was used to that from the Gabby Petito? Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And I
1: I think that's one of the reasons why, like my, uh, my channel has like 40,000 subs and I think like 30 of them or 35,000 of them really want to see that kind of content that I did during the Gabby Petito thing and i just don't want to do right. it anymore because i want to be right helpful and i just don't think that i was so right i'm not going to
0: i love that though gavin i mean and i think that's so cool yeah and um i don't know like and and, and yeah obviously it sucks because it's almost kind of like restarting right like yeah. you're gro- you're regrowing your channel to find but you're finding your people you know, yeah, it, when I cover something and, and people fall off or they have a rude comment to say, I'm like, hey, go like make, make room for the others.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way that you just I, I kind of have to be true to who I am and um, not kind of yeah. I have to be true to who I am. So yeah. I just I'm just going to keep trying to find. Now, there is a case right now that I'm interested in that everybody knows about, though. You and I have talked about this a little okay, bit. It's which... the Jalea Davis case.
0: Ah, oh, yes. I'm
1: really interested yes, 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 yes. in that one. and I am as well. Let me tell you, okay, Julia Davis's mom, if you guys don't know this case, I guess look it up. I, we, don't, we don't need to tell you the entire thing, but um, <laughs> she died in a horrific manner in a way that her family thinks was a murder. But the right. authorities chalked up to drunk driving, like an accident because of drunk driving.
0: And they believe she was the driver, right?
1: So the authorities say that she was the driver, but one of the prevailing theories is that she was not. But right. it's very difficult to tell. But this is the reason I want to get into this case. Jalea's mom, Kim, has put up on Facebook a lot. She has a group called Justice for Julia. It has like 50,000 followers. and Yeah, I'm in there. Yeah. And she's put up like three or 400 pages of pictures of documentation that she got from the police. And she's put up a lot of pictures of the car. She's, uh, she has other pictures of the crime scene that she's kind of limitedly put up there because she doesn't obviously want pictures of her daughter out there. Right. Understandable. um, Of course. Yes. I looked up West Virginia's public records law and it's a good law. It it's, Like, I think all public records should be public after a certain amount of time. But in West Virginia, if a case is considered closed, it's public. So I made a request and um, I'm getting it all. So, wow. um, I think it's around 700 pages.
0: Yeah, that's what you were saying, like, a lot.
1: Yeah, 200. Images. What I won't be getting is the autopsy or autopsy photos, which I'm perfectly fine with because those should remain private. Those, yeah, those are not. You know that that would be horrible if if somebody without any kind of ethical, you know, I guess mm-hmm. any kind of ethics would just get those and publish them out there. That would be horrible, right? So, um, so. Uh, oh my but god! Other than, I can't uh, even
0: imagine.
1: Other than the autopsy, I'm getting everything. Um,
0: Holy cow! So I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna dig into that one a bit. I think
0: I can't wait. Yeah, we you, you and I spoke about that a bit because we're both really interested in it. You've been speaking to her mom as well too, which is yeah, I've, great. I don't know. There's something about that that I you and I both really like doing. I know like some don't, and I never used to as much. Like I. I don't know if I kind of felt like, okay, I do want to cover this case and bring attention to the victim and do all that stuff. But then I didn't want to upset a family member. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to be like, Hey, um, are you open to talking if they weren't? And I don't know, I guess I've kind of learned different ways of kind of approaching the situation. And I think that for the most part, everybody, like when you do reach out, like they are very understanding and, usually want you to talk about it so i think that's where we've done quite a shift in our channels which i love so much but yeah, yeah when you told me you were talking to her mom i thought that was really we've special been and cool texting she's guard- back
1: and forth through like facebook messenger we've never actually spoken on the phone. Right. she's pretty guarded
0: spoken on the phone yeah um she's guarded yeah
1: i think she feels a little burned by the whole mile marker 181 thing um uh, right but yeah, I, I, I want to go into that case, um, with an open mind, right? Like th- there's, there's weird yes. stuff in that case where I'm like, I can understand why a family would feel the way they do. Um, yes. but I also, um, I also talked with, uh, do you know who, um, what's Mac's last name? Uh, Mac McCollum. Do you know Mac McCollum? She's a No. She's a CSI from Georgia. She's pretty awesome. I was talking to her okay. a long time ago. Um and on another case and and she described how I was wrong about my like I guess my the the things that I the, what it, my theories were like I was going into it going, it can't possibly be the way the investigator said it. And she went, well, no, I mean, I can think of half a dozen cases off the top of my head where it was that way, right? So um, okay, I want to go into it with an open mind and see if I see if I come to the same yes. conclusion as the family or not. We'll see.
0: And you're great at that. And I also think that you do it very respectfully, which is another reason why I wanted to partner with you because we're... <laughs> like we're very different in that i'm i bring like a lot of like emotion and theories and like and then i run with them and you're like okay come on back come on back sherilyn we gotta reassess that theory yeah (laughs) you're too emotional right now
1: i don't think i've ever said that one time sherilyn but we no, you never have but We do come at things, differently but you sure. and
0: I and I've got uh, yeah, and and you do you keep you keep you keep me more focused and on track because I can get right in there, right? Like, and I get like all fired up and uh, I'll suspect something and and I'll try to go with it, and you're like, eh, yeah, it could be. You're very gentle about it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you're never like. <laughs> you're. You, I've lost your girl. You're gone.
1: Wouldn't it be fun to have actual like investigative training? Like I don't know what I'm doing. I, yeah, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, did no, I, but did, you're really good at it. Did I tell
1: I, you about when I was taken up into the evidence room in the courthouse out in Clearfield, PA? Did I tell you about this.
0: Yeah, you sent me photos. I think oh, I didn't dude. Know, know the story.
1: I um. I was looking at a case from my hometown from 1972, where it was tried and the man was found not guilty and I was comfortable kind of going after it because he's long since passed away. He died in the eighties. So I didn't mind like kind of looking into it. I ultimately came to the conclusion that he was guilty. He just had really good lawyers. So, um, (gasps) yeah. Oh, he like Sherilyn, like, I, he, he killed her. Like, I'm. I feel very oh, confident. No. Very confident. But
0: okay. The police okay.
1: didn't read him as Miranda rights. They 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 messed up all sorts of things. Oh and
0: my really lawyers.
1: Gosh. Um. But anyway, so I I go to this courthouse that's in Clearfield, PA. It's a couple hours away, and uh, I'm asking the like the prothonotary is the title of the record keeper out here. And, uh, she's like, no, nah, we don't have it down here. Maybe you should go check with chip. He could check the attic for you. Okay. So I go up to the, of course his name's chip. Of course his name is chip. Right. <laughs> so I go I, love to, that. I go to, um, his office. I wait around for a while. He's like walking around the courthouse somewhere. And these are all like pre civil war, like buildings, you know, they're all built in the early 1800s right? and stuff. And, uh, he comes so in, cool. and I tell him the case that I'm looking at. He's like, well, it was a murder case, so we would have all those exhibits. We don't throw them away. I'm really? No, we don't throw them away. Come with me. And he takes me to, like, this bookcase where I couldn't see the door. It wasn't like a hidden door in the bookcase. That would have been cool. But there was, like, this hidden door <laughs> that I couldn't see that went up this narrow passageway. Like, my shoulders touched the walls going up. Into, like, the bell tower of this old courthouse. And up there, they have kept all the evidence from every murder trial they have had since 18-whatever. Oh, my god. In a couple of rooms up there. Right? But he wouldn't let me take, take pictures. He, they let me take pictures in the basement, but he wouldn't let me take pictures up there. Sherilyn, oh. there was, like... I can't remember, you know, those, like in cowboy movies, the rifles where they cock them, they go, they're like, yeah, Remington repeaters or when, I don't know what they are. I'm I'm not really, I'm not a gun guy either guns, but, um, (laughs) no, there was a gun leaned up against the wall in that room, just on the floor, leaned up against the gun with a tag on it. And I go (laughs) and I look at the tag and it said 1859 that was the weapon that murdered somebody in 1859 and it was just gathering dust in this old oh
0: my i could spend days there
1: it was the coolest thing it was the coolest i
0: gotta come down and visit there that is neat
1: yeah and that guy just let me in he just let me in it's the coolest thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) he just let me in yeah
1: we ended up not finding it did
0: you have your media pass though Oh you didn't?
1: I don't think I was wearing my media pass. I think I just went in there and was like I was hey, wondering if that's where... how
0: you get in.
1: The Media Pass <laughs> takes me takes me far. It does It we does take that. you far. I did that in uh where, in Minnesota Where were we? We were at yeah, the I
0: know. where, where, where police police did you do it
1: station in Oh it was at the <laughs> It
0: was at the police Minnesota. station I don't think anybody knows that. That that photo of us that one of my favorites i think my absolute favorite is of us in camp david that I like my time. mom took of us um yeah it's my favorite uh but the one that everyone loves where you know my dress is kind of blowing out and we've got yeah. this like mischievous look on our face we waltzed right it was hennepin county off uh it was the police plymouth, station right
1: plymouth police yeah. oh plymouth yeah. plymouth
0: police station and we waltz right in there. I was sweating. Gavin, this like you are very confident about that, so I'm just kind of like, oh, i will just kind of like linger here. And you just are like, the receptionist is like, "Hey, how can I help you?" You're like, "Yeah, we're here to hopefully talk about uh, t- talk to Keith Keith Bird."
1: Oh yeah, and she's like, "What is this pertaining to? to?" Yeah,
0: yeah, and and you go, uh, "We're." I don't think we said we were, well, I don't want to say here what we're saying to some people that we were doing because we haven't announced that in any ways, but um, I don't think you said that anyway. So it doesn't matter. I think you said that we are looking into a case and we're trying to find some information. And she said, okay, uh, let me see if he's here. She, you know, click clacked. I always wondered if he was there, but anyways, she said that he wasn't. And then you said, okay. She asked if we wanted to leave a message. You said yes. So she gave us the little paper. Uh, and then as she was handing it, she said, what case is this pertaining to? And you're like, David Umquist. And she knew Yeah. what the, there was no question. You know, yeah. She just shot that paper across. and was like, oh, okay. And we filled out our names and our numbers. And I'm still waiting for a call back. I
1: have not received a call back from that visit, nor the many phone calls that I've made after the fact, not a single one. And
0: like, Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I guess people don't have to return phone calls, but it's like, uh, I don't. don't know. I, I feel I like I've, if
1: you're, I have found that if you can drop a name, you get a, a way far, further into the whole thing. Like, um, for example, I was working on this case last year. It's the Amanda Winkowski case. I've probably done more videos on Amanda Winkowski than any other case. It's one that I really care about Buffalo, New York.
0: Yes. And, yeah.
1: um, I, I, I became in contact. I got in contact with a tiny town police chief who on that case was like a, a Sergeant or something when Amanda Winkowski went missing. He was now the chief of police in that little town. I had been trying to talk to Buffalo PD for months. So I was in there talking to that, uh, detect or the chief of police. And I told him something that I found out and he goes, you really should call. I think her name was Mary something. She was the detective assigned to the case, Mary. I can't remember, but anyway, you should call her and tell her that I said, I've tried calling Mm -hmm. her a million times. And he goes, just drop my name on the voicemail. So I called, (gasps) I called and I went, Hey Mary, my name's Gavin fish. I'm a YouTuber. I'm looking into the Amanda Winkowski case. So-and-so chief so-and-so told me when I told him this that I should call you and let you know. So here's my number, gave her my number. And then I got a call back about 20 minutes later. Like I'd been trying to call her.
0: Oh oh my gosh. (laughs)
1: so now I 20 just, minutes now I just do that I just do that I like look up the like personnel in surrounding areas and when I call the police yep. I'll say hey uh detective Jones in Timbuktu told me that I should give you a call so give me a call back <laughs> and then they will call me back
0: and you've never talked to them
1: yeah yeah
0: I love that. That's. Oh, that was that was juicy, Gavin. Otherwise,
1: they'd never call back.
0: Well, then we've got to try to do that with freaking Heath over there.
1: Yeah, I think we kind of spilled I, the beans too much with Mr. Bird, Detective <laughs> Bird. I,
0: I was going to say, I think we did too. It was, oh, man. Oh, but yeah, good times.
1: Good times. And there's more to come. Hey, you were just out in the I was going to say, there's some so the more way. to come. You were just I out was. there. it
0: wasn't the same i was it wasn't the same without you
1: i saw the videos um, though
0: and i was gonna i know i was gonna facetime and then i never didn't even think about it because i was like oh okay well i gotta go live and then as i was leaving well we had to leave early we had to leave the dang thing so early right as scott was getting scott you know like scott is scott he's so passionate and and he was spitting out facts and i was like i gotta go they canceled my flight that was later and then the only one that day was like an hour and a half earlier and then the the next one would have been we would have got home at midnight the next day so it wasn't even like doable yeah it really was unfortunate but um we'll be back out there those
1: guys are doing good work though they're not going to give up
0: they are not going to give up. And I, I mean, we I don't think we can talk about what um, what Amy just texted us anyways, but it's so nice to get those updates. And um, because of, you know, the support from like our channels and everybody who watches and signs the petition and shows up at those rallies, something really huge is happening for the family. Um, somebody is wanting to help them that they, and this is huge for them. This is exactly what they've needed um, having somebody alongside yeah. of them. So that was really nice to hear this week.
1: They've done good work, man. I, I admire the crap out of people like Amy and Scott and, you know, uh, um, yeah. The Ellen Greenberg case, Josh and Sandy Greenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I asked them one time, you know, what keeps you going? It's been 11 and a half years. They've been working just, just trying to get justice. They don't even, they're not even working on the justice part of it. They just want the world to know officially that their daughter didn't kill herself. 11 and right. a half years. They've been working on that. And I was like, you know, what keeps you going? And he, and he was just like, well, how do I say this? I'm a jerk. I don't care what people think. I'm just going to keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Do it. <laughs> you
0: have to be, I mean, and, and then, and I guess what's the alternative, right? But that is, um, I think the more people, are aware of that of like how much legwork you would ha- you do have to do as a family member um it's it's unfortunate but it's the reality and look at um Stephanie Harlow posted something um last week when uh there was finally a person arrested in the Delphi yeah uh, murders and her i shared it because i thought wow she said this so well she said you know um she was thinking of the family and then she also said i'm thinking of all of the other family members out there who don't have this justice yet like do not stop don't give up yeah. and you can't right like and it it is hard it's it's unfortunate but it is that's how you have that's how you get the attention. You you just can't give up until you're until you've you've got the answers that you need, because if you stop, who's going to keep going? Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I wonder about uh, I was thinking about that case in particular, the um, I wonder how it came about how they got that arrest and i don't want to know now if it would ruin the case right i no. i know that a lot of people right. want that uh probable cause affidavit i think it should stay private for as long as it needs to be um and then wow. i'm normally an open okay. records guy right but
0: i know but, yeah
1: <laughs> but if the judge is like seal this thing i right. to protect the case I'm all about just sealing it. I think that's that's a good idea for now. I, I don't want it to be sealed forever, but to protect forever. The case.
0: No, I agreed, but, and because it's so early, right?
1: Yeah, it's really early. But I wonder. Like, I remember back in the um, like, well, let me go back to Ellen Greenberg for example. Okay, there was like a major mm-hmm. seismic shift in the Ellen Greenberg case when it was uh, referred back out of the attorney general's office and then ultimately out to Chester County. And, um, it, that case had been languishing for four and a half years in the attorney general's office before it was kicked out. Um, the, the thing that is going to piss me off if this happens, I hope this doesn't happen is if Chester County goes, yeah, we see that this is a homicide for sure. If freaking Josh Shapiro stands up there at the conviction or what or arrest or whatever of whoever killed Ellen Greenberg and says, I'm so proud of our district attorney in Chester County, I will go ballistic. I will be so pissed (laughs) off because it was his office that held it. And they're all politicians, man. So I'm just curious what's happening there in Delphi or Delphi. How do they pronounce it? Delphi, Delphi?
0: Oh yeah, I don't. Know. I say Delphi, but I. I think honestly, I think you're right. I think it's Delphi.
1: Delphi. Anyway, I don't know I wonder if it anything. has been the pressure from the family that's gotten it done, or if it has yep. been yep. on the inside. There have been detectives that have been keeping the pressure on. Um, right. Because they're they're well, I mean, awesome that will just never give up.
0: But. and that's yeah and yeah it, it there is and it's like oh you wish i i wish detectives would be able to just kind of like move move you know like be be fluid yeah. because so many cases need those types of detectives and the reality of the situation i never knew until i started doing youtube and and going into cases and talking with family members and seeing the injustice and how political it can be and how there are a lot of professionals out there who don't give a crap and drop the ball and then a, a family like this is a real family and a real victim is left without justice because i don't know y- y- you don't yeah. you're not as passionate about your job as you once were it sucks i'm very interested though like i i i, I i'm mind-blowing alone about who it ended up being it was somebody who was never on the radar he worked at the cvs and i don't know if this was just on you know like speculation on the internet or if this is actually factual that he would have been there to develop photos when the family was trying to put out um attention to the case yeah so i don't you know I, I don't know if that the family has ever confirmed that, but yeah, he worked at the CVS and it was, again, one of those cases where everybody who knows him is like, had no idea.
1: Did you no see all the charges inkling. against him though? Like so much no, child I pornography and, and stuff like that. Um, <gasps> yeah. So they've, they're <sighs> throwing the book at him and he's got so many counts against him. He's got so many counts against him. Ugh. Not just the two murder.
0: Are like, they going for the death penalty? Is is that an option or no? I don't no? know if
1: that's an option there. I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's mm. that's one of those things. Like I I've talked to other podcasters about the death penalty. I have my my thoughts on it. I'm I'm a little more
0: mm-hmm.
1: middle of the road on that. But there are some crimes that there just isn't a punishment big enough. And so, yeah, agreed. And
0: uh, this would be one of them
1: the, oh for sure this
0: literally would be one of them you know like there that's why i call that's why uh, i call it jurassic jail on my channel so what i want to do is make a jurassic park but it's jail and it's for like the worst of the worst they're just on and an you know island. the opening scene yeah they're on an island with dinosaurs hey and somebody sent me this the other day which i died about there, there's like a, a, a mosquito thing, literally like on Jurassic Park, where they're like, we might be able to make dinosaurs again. And I'm like, Jurassic Jail's coming, so <laughs> we ship them out there. Yeah. And then you know the opening scene of Jurassic Park, where the lamb goes in, and then the Tyrannosaurus, you know, he just eats them. Yeah. That's where that's where those guys are getting hoisted, and then we just let the dinosaurs do their thing.
1: Listen, there's a case very similar to the um the delphi case similar ish that happened here where i live um let's see they just had the 30th anniversary of that so it was 92. oh
0: is this the one you were telling me about how trick or trunk
1: yeah trunk trick or treat? or treat was canceled yeah it was the shauna howe case okay um shauna howe was an 11 year old girl scout who was walking home from a little girl scout Halloween party, the like three blocks. It took to go home in a safe town, right? A little, little town called oil city PA. Um, and she was abducted. Like they, uh, witnesses saw her being abducted and, um, taken into a car by, by a total of three men. The reason that I bring this up is the um, the third man, the one who actually grabbed her, uh, died in prison like a week ago, at the age of 63. And I think uh, they said natural causes. Oh. I think it was cancer, but apparently he did not have a good experience in prison, uh, being a um, that's unfortunate. Being a child, somebody who <laughs> perpetrated horrible crimes against a child. Anyway, but this oh yeah, case, they're
0: not taken too kindly.
1: No, they don't like them there. Uh, oh no. But this case languished for twelve years. Uh, I'm getting back around to what you were just saying. Uh, this is a long story. This this case <laughs> languished for twelve years because the two suspects that police had who would who like fit the description they were in jail when she was taken. That's what that's what police thought. But 12 years oh. later, a detective who I've become pretty good friends with at the end of his career started doing cold cases. And he was the first person to check the paperwork. And he found out they had been released a couple hours before. So it ended <gasps> up that it was them. Yeah. Anyway, okay. they did to Shana Howe. It was a similar thing. Um, they took her. They abused her. And then, they took her out to a river and threw her off a bridge. Alive, Ugh. like she, yeah. So mm-hmm. one of the three is now dead because there's no death penalty in the state of Pennsylvania. The other two remain. I think they got. Uh, I think they got two life sentences each, something like that
0: okay so they're not getting out
1: no no they were convicted of five things but
0: okay yeah
1: i'm hoping this guy can't remember his name right now i don't have it in front of me but uh i hope that if there is no death penalty i hope he finds jurassic prison that's if he's guilty i should <laughs> I say that if, if he's guilty yeah.
0: yeah if you're well and then yeah see like that's that's also the thing that yeah jurassic jail is only available for like we know it's like confirmed. this is
1: no it's question confirmed
0: about it. there's no speculation no question about it like your dude from the 80s yeah
1: yeah so the <laughs> so so you just have random tyrannosaurs roaming the island and a place where you can drop in mm-hmm. people and they can run by the way right they like they get a they can't get off the island but they can run or do, are they chained and just
0: oh. no well yeah no they were never going to be chained they were just going to be hoisted down like the lamb but i kind of like the <laughs> that's a little psychotic of, <laughs> oh, of me but i'm like oh i like the <laughs> i like the running aspect of it <laughs> hey dude if you can escape hit the t-rex who hasn't eaten
1: go and, for it and survive on this island. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're still going to, you're, you're not going to get off the island.
1: And there, it's, are other, it's impossible. there are other dinosaurs, right? So they have to contend with all the other dangers too. This is yeah. land of the, Oh lost. yeah.
0: We'll have yeah. some Velociraptors, Yeah. whatever the dude with the mosquito is wet, willing to like share with us. I'm, I'm accepting.
1: Hey, listen. So, I told you I've got a lot of friends that are geneticists, right? I've got one who he's a, he's a professor of genetics and genomics and he's, he's an entomologist. He's all about bugs. So um, I think you
0: were telling me about him.
1: Oh, he's awesome. His name's Matt. He's amazing. Uh, He told me that a, somebody that he knows within the genetics, whatever you would call that industry, right? Um, from an old piece of DNA, from, I think he, it was hair, he mapped the entire genome of a woolly mammoth, who've only been extinct for like 10,000 years, and believes that what? he could bring it back by incubating, like, he thinks that he can create an embryo and implant an embryo in an in a pachyderm and in an elephant. What? and bring back. Oh,
0: it's ends. happening. Yeah. It's happening. Could
1: be. Could be. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is awesome. I know. What, uh, what like uh, I put it, you know, you put it out there. Yeah. You put it out there and it manifests and <laughs> comes Jurassic jail.
1: What's his name? Who wrote Jurassic is Park? The future. What was his name? I'm blanking, man. I'm having a hard time with names right Wasn't
0: now. Wasn't it Steven Spielberg?
1: Well, he he directed the movie, but Steve. it was based on a book. It was... Uh... Oh. Who wrote Jurassic Park? I guess I should I know. know these things. It's his name. Michael Crichton. Yeah. So, like, maybe Michael oh, Crichton okay. was a prophet. Like, he saw this coming. He's... Yeah? Yeah.
0: Yeah? It's like The Simpsons.
1: <laughs> like The Simpsons?
0: Yeah, The Simpsons. They... You don't know The Simpsons?
1: The Simpsons well, I know what The Simpsons is. Theories? But, but what's the theory?
0: they've predicted, like, so much stuff in their episodes, like, years before it happens. So, like, the first one that's coming to my mind right now was, like, I think it was an episode in, like, the 90s. They had Trump as president going down the escalator. No. In the one shot of him, like, yes, Gavin. (laughs) This is, it's wild. I live in a hole. They did, I'm pretty sure... It was uh, coronavirus. They also predicted.
1: Holy cow. Um, Did they predict where it was from? Oh, so much stuff. Did it come from like a lab in China or was it?
0: (laughs) I got something weird. You got, no, you got to Google this when we're done. It's wild.
1: I do. I have to. There's so
0: much. There's so much that they did. Like those are just two that are coming <laughs> to the po- <laughs> oh my goodness, and then there was right. one like after the whole coronavirus thing happened. Remember when the like the next thing while we were still in the midst of it was like the killer wasps or whatever, like yes. the big giant like yeah whatever killer hornets. Yeah, I think they did something like that, and then people were like, "Hey, stop! Like, it's got to get canceled." <laughs>
1: yeah, no more Simpsons prophecies. Yeah, don't be a futurist.
0: No. Oh yeah, there's a bunch. You're that's gonna go definitely. into a rabbit hole. Yeah, I think that's where I think that's where we where I leave you. Then I think I think it's <laughs> I think I leave you now, going into the rabbit hole of The Simpsons, the Simpsons and we shall discuss hole. next. We shall discuss next episode.
1: All right, that sounds good. I guess we'll see you next okay. week.
0: I'll see you next week. And uh, yeah, I guess we don't really know uh, what next week holds for us. We may have a special guest. We may not. And I think that's uh, nice to keep us on our toes as well as our listeners.
1: mm Hmm. Yep. See you
0: <laughs> too. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. See you next week.